Here's a message from Ken Lavica. I can't lie. I'm in a bad mood. It's because I'm sleepy. I was up late. And then after I watched what I watched last night in Mexico, I couldn't sleep. Cyrus Wittig hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. I like to think that I'm a grown man and I can treat sports like a grown man and like a professional and I don't get caught up. Now, hold on, Ken, hold on, Ken. I hate to cut you off. What? But you said, I listened to your opening and you said that you had seen something in Mexico that kept you up all night. (laughs) Now, I have seen stuff in Mexico that kept me up all night, too. Let's compare stories. Uh, uh, I, um, I think I have a little bit more at stake than you do, perhaps, if we go into that conversation. Oh. Well, yeah, maybe I, I probably shouldn't be talking about that conversation on air. I was anyway. going to say you're getting Dana White money. You don't want to talk about that right now. Ken LaVica <laughs> live here on ESPN 106.3. Wait until that that well is run dry, then you can tell those stories when you're trying to get other sources of income. We're here on a Friday on ESPN 106.3. I am in the Anna John Levine Action and Attorney Studios downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the gloriously and yacht-filled Intracoastal, the the gloriously sparkling Intracoastal, here until 2 o'clock. Cyrus Wittig is running everything, but Dean Thomas uh, hanging out with me for the next two hours here on Ken LeVick Alive. Where are you right now, in fact? I am in Columbus, Ohio right now. Okay, The so, UFC is coming to Columbus, so I am here on location. So you were in London for UFC last weekend. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you were hanging then with, uh, Patty, the batty and the Molly meatball. And, uh, now you're in Columbus. And so, uh, Columbus, a little less going on. I feel like than London, right? You know what? Like going that, from that transition, because in England or, you know, when you're in England, like London, especially like it's really busy. And then other towns of England, like if there is a downtown section, that's going to be really busy. Yeah. Unless you're like in a small village then it's kind of busy no matter how big it is. I get to Columbus, and I'm riding around these streets. I thought I was in the Walking Dead season one. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't uh, nobody on the road. I was like, MK. where am I? Uh, huh. uh, so, so Dean's back stateside, but he's hanging out with me from Columbus, Ohio. So now that you have all of our, our coordinates here, last night, Dean, and I think you'll appreciate this, you, you are actually, and some people don't know this about you, a lot of people don't know this about you because you're MMA guy, you're UFC analyst, you're ESPN UFC analyst, former UFC fighter Dean Thomas. Uh, you're a soccer guy. You appreciate oh, the a, sport. Big time, 100%. And when the World Cup comes, I'm going to be at your crib watching it every day. I'm a big time soccer guy. In fact, I'm trying to hook my kid up to go to a school in England. See, that's awesome. In the States. That's awesome. Go to Academy. If you have any uh, hopes of playing professionally, that's the way to go. Dean is a damn good dad. And him bringing up the World Cup, this is directly related. Because last night was World Cup qualifying and the massive rivalry, the U.S. and Mexico. Okay? And so it's now down to the final three matches of World Cup qualifying, and the U.S. still hasn't clinched anything. And they could have taken a massive step towards doing that last night if they were able to beat Mexico for the first time ever in Mexico in World Cup qualifying. Come on, man. No, we both know that that ain't happening. Well, the Mexicans was like, yo, Cinco de Mayo is not a holiday. Take that. <laughs> but here's, here's what happened last night, Dean. The, the U.S. put a lineup in that was designed to win to go and get it, to take the three points, to say we are going to the World Cup and we're sending a message. The U.S., their best player is Christian Pulisic. And you know the name. And even the common American sports fan knows the name Christian Pulisic. He is the next soccer savior in the United States. He missed a goal, shot a, a, a basically a tip-in from point blank in front of the goal right into the Mexican goalkeeper in the first half. Just shot it right into his body. He could have gone to the near post. He could have gone to the far post. It would have been an easy tap-in goal. And instead, he launched it right into the goalkeeper's body and got denied. That's the best player in the United States with a massive mistake. So that, in and of itself, you feel like that 
is a missed chance. And that's frustrating. Then in the second half, and I'll try and do my best here, Dean, as a Division One play-by-play okay. voice to set the script, okay? Yeah. The U.S. has two players. This is the second half. He has two players in front of the Mexican goal and no defenders in the vicinity. It's the two American strikers and the goalkeeper for Mexico. And on the right-hand side is a player named Gio Reyna. He is a young stud midfielder, really, really good. He places... A perfect pass. I mean a perfect pass to his left. Standing by himself on the left is a player named Jordan Pifak, who had just come into the match uh, as a substitute. The goalkeeper, completely faked out by the pass, goes down to his knees. He's screwed. He's not recovering. And this Jordan Pifak guy, just to the left side of the goal, gets his feet tangled and proceeds to, instead of tipping in the ball from four feet away, four yards away, he instead, with his left foot, launches the ball all the way out of bounds to the right side. Doesn't doesn't even come close. He is four yards off the goal line, and because he got his feet tangled and he's off balance, he not only doesn't get a good strike on the ball, he launches it basically the other direction of the goal. I've never seen anything like it. These are international soccer players, Dean. These are the best of the best, the best this country has to offer, and that is what happens against your rival. And the U.S. ends up drawing nil-nil with Mexico and still haven't clinched anything in regards to the World Cup. My man got tangled up like Steve Urkel. Listen. Absolutely. (laughs) It was was infuriating. I know, but Ken, do you have to understand this? And I told you this before. When I spoke to Tony Miola, the former goalkeeper yep. for the U.S. team from back in the day, uh-huh. he told me this is the best team that the U.S. has had in a long time, but the problem is that they are inexperienced. Uh. Now, these are inexperienced mistakes that they're making when they're given these opportunities, and when the moment hits them, they're like, don't mess this up, don't mess this up, don't mess this up. And what happens is that they mess it up because of that moment hits them because of that inexperience. But it's going to happen now. So now that they've gotten through that, uh. hopefully – the next time it happens, they're like, all right, I can calm down and make this play and treat it like any other play that I've made throughout my I entire mean, soccer career. Here's the problem, though. Like, it's a little late to be just saying, oh, hey, they're young, because they are still precariously close to missing the World Cup for a second straight World Cup, something that was inconceivable. The U.S. missing a World Cup happened three years ago. And so now... The U.S. is in a spot with two matches left to go because their best player, maybe ever, and then certainly capable substitute, couldn't properly just put a single body part on the ball with any sort of conviction. The Jordan Pifak miss, I mean, if he never plays for the U.S. men's national team again, I'm fine with it. That was as embarrassing an American soccer moment as I've ever seen. All he had to do, Dean was put a body part on it and propel the ball forward. It could have been a trickle forward and rolled across the goal line, and the U.S. would have won last night. Instead, he just sort of just duffed it out of bounds yeah, but- off to the right side. I've never seen anything as uncoordinated and dopey as that, as completely uncoordinated and incompetent as that in soccer, period. Well, I Period, off, at any level. I know, but you need, you need to watch your tone because – Julian is in the office right now, and he feels disrespected by the way you are disrespecting his team by not giving his oh, team any credit. I will say you know he, he should admit that the U.S. was better the vast majority of the match last night. The U.S. should have won that match against Mexico 3 nothing last night. I should be beating my chest today. I should be ripping that Mexican team apart. The U.S. was better and should have won. Now, they Sunday have to win against Panama because then they go to Costa Rica, the team that's now directly behind them that could send them into nightmare scenario next week if they can't get a result against Panama. Yo, I never understood how Costa Rica has a good soccer team. They're awesome. You know what I'm saying? Think of, I know they've always had like a good soccer team, but Costa Rica is about the size of like Bell Glade. And I don't <laughs> understand how they have enough people to be able to compete with these uh, major cu- countries. Oh, uh, man. I do love Costa Rica. I, I, uh, I honeymooned there, and it's uh, a very pleasant country, very environmentally oriented. All I'm saying is you sitting there talking all that trash about Mexico, Julian going to run up on you like Masvidal. 
and steal you. So you better watch your back. You know office. what? It's fine because I feel nothing today. Maybe that would make me feel something. I am furious. Like last night, I'm a 37-year-old man, Dean. I should be past this. I shouldn't care about sports as much as I do right it's now. It's true. Why so, do you care so much? I don't know. And this is what I'm trying to, to figure out. Why, once the match ended at around midnight last night, did it take me up to 90 minutes to actually get to sleep? I sat there. I turned the TV off. I'm in the dark. I'm trying to just shut my brain off, and I keep going back to Pulisic firing the ball right into the goalkeeper from five yards. And Jordan Peefock completely embarrassing himself on an international stage by flailing the ball out of bounds from point blank. And I couldn't fall asleep. I was angry, so angry over sports that I lost sleep last night, Dean. And I don't quite know why at 37 I'm still doing this to myself. Yeah, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, why does it matter so much about what other guys are doing with their life? Like, they probably feel bad enough. In fact, it's this moment, like... If I was their coach, if I was their coach, I would be like, hey, just forget about it. That happened yesterday. Time to move on. But yet, you ain't got nothing to do with the game, and you still you still stressing over it. Here's what I think it is, though. I think it's easier when you're in the sport to just put it behind you and move forward. Like Jordan Pifak today, he'll stay off social media, not going to watch TV, he'll go to training, he'll get ready for Panama on Sunday. Me? I'm sitting here stewing on it because I have nothing better to do. I'm consumed by it. I couldn't sleep. I lost sleep over it. And, this is crazy. But that's the, I haven't done that in a long time. I have not lost sleep over sports in a long time. In fact, I think the last time I lost sleep over sports is when the Cubs won the World Series. And well, that, that, at least this, Dean, this is me with a team I have a lot of passion for. I lost sleep over, over them, U.S. soccer. That was out of pure pettiness as a White Sox fan. Me seeing the Cubs win the World Series, that hurt me so deeply. That caused me so much despair and anger that I lost sleep over I that. get it, man. Listen, I get it. But the silver lining to all this is that there's a good chance that Julian going to put you back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I might have that taken care of. I'll get enough rest yeah. this afternoon when I get put yep. out. You know what? Yeah, why are you I welcome you that. You on my team. I, I absolutely welcome that. But I, I need... Someone to commiserate with me. I need to know that there are people out there like me that are still, to this day, getting so angry about sports that they lose sleep over it. When is the last time you got so angry about sports that you lost sleep over it? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063 at 888-760-3776. When is the last time that you were so angry about sports that you lost sleep over it? Don't hide. I know oh, you're I out can there. Tell you when it, I, I can know, tell you when it was for me. I mean, Dean, I know there's people like me that are angry over sports. Uh, so for you, you take everything in stride. You're one of the most even-keeled people I know. Things are never too bad. Things are never too great. You have a sunshiny disposition. But you've been there before, Dean? Yeah, when I was – the last I can re- time I can remember being so upset about a sporting event was when Earl Hershiser was pitching against the A's back in the 80s. And I remember praying to God – that they would win. And I can't remember who won the game. I think I was going for the A's. So you're talking Dodgers A's in the World Series. That had to have been 88 or 88 or uh, uh, 89. Yeah. I remember praying to God that the A's would win. And I think they lost. And then then I was so upset. And after that moment, I gave up on sports like that. And I was like, you know what? (laughs) This ain't, it ain't worth it. I was like, it ain't worth it. I'm not investing my time into watching these other dudes do it and be emotionally affected by the result of some other dudes that ain't got nothing to do with me. Well, Dino, this explains why I I think we've gotten to the bottom of why all you do is remember sports from the 80s (laughs) and why nothing after 1989, you don't reference anything sports-wise ever unless it's MMA after 1989. Oral Hershiser... The A's and the Dodgers broke you. Absolutely broke you. It did. Uh, did. I've repressed every memory after that. That's funny. I can't remember anything after that. Let's go to Chad in Jupiter. Chad is on Ken LeVick Alive. Chad, uh, let's uh, let's commiserate. When's the last time you lost sleep uh, because you were so angry about sports? 
Okay, so uh, I am a uh, big Denver Broncos fan. Okay. I am a big Denver Broncos fan, and it drives me crazy whenever they lose. So I break things. Uh, Wait, this, this is, this, Chad, this this is uh, whenever they lose? Like, whenever they lose? Like, last year? I, 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 I just don't like to see them lose. I, I am a big fan. I have uh, – I watch these guys every week. For the last 15 years, 20 years, huge Denver Broncos fan. I just don't like to see. Wow! I just don't like to see them lose, man. I just don't like to see them lose. Uh, I thought, and, Chad. I thought when you said Broncos fan, Chad, I thought you were going to say the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. But no, this is like a weekly <laughs> thing for you. He walks around miserable. Nah, man, I need Chad. I need just, to give you a nah, hug. No, nah, nah, nah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not miserable at all, man. I just, uh, you know, I'm just crazy. Uh, just crazy about my team, and uh, I just want to see them do good, man. Right. Just like uh, anybody else that watches their team. Chad, for, I, I, I'm going to provide a service for you. I'm not the most mentally stable person, okay? Whoa. But during the course of this coming <laughs> football season, just for your sake and your family's sake, if you want to talk it out every week, I'll give you a little free counseling on the show, okay? Because I don't, I don't want anything bad to happen to you, okay? Oh yeah, man! I appreciate right. it, but yeah. ain't nothing gonna happen. I'm just man. looking out. Right. I'm just looking out for you, Chad. <laughs> I appreciate the call. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Ernesto's in Boynton. Ernesto's on Ken Levick alive. Ernesto, when's the last time you lost sleep because sports made you so angry? <sighs> wow! Take a sport. Let's go. Let's go back. Um, the last time baseball was a Mets. I'm a Mets. So 2000 will be the last time that I got upset that I couldn't go to sleep because they lost in the world. Uh, I think uh, in baseball. Got it. Got yeah, two, see yeah 2000 uh the Yankees in the Mets. Yeah, that one that one yep. hurts I'm sure. That, so that yeah. one hurt. And what that else? one hurt badly. Uh Giants when they lost to uh the Ravens? I think it was to Baltimore. Yes, Baltimore. That was uh that was a loose sleeper and the big one that I lost sleep the most Knicks in ninety six and oh for seventeen <laughs> uh Bonanza by Mr. John Stark uh, kinda uh, left me left me so I, I, I let, let's not say let's not say a night. Let's say days of <laughs> non because uh, all I kept on seeing was Patrick, uh, Pat Riley, just letting him shoot uh-huh. consistently. Hey, Ernesto, you had a lot of misses to pour over over three days. Like that, That's a lot of misses to continue to think about on John Stark's end, and appreciate the call, Ernesto. Uh, Dean, I want to go back to Chad for a moment. Um, like I, I do think like we need to help him. If we need to help him. Because he Ken, said he breaks to- things, right? Like he punches things or breaks things. Like That's not good. And Ken, you need to explain yourself a little faster because you was like, I want to offer you a service, and you pause for a minute. You need to get right into the service <laughs> before people start take, taking it for something else. <laughs> no, I said counseling. I, didn't I know, say but you need to get to that. You need to get to that faster because, like, I, didn't, I was concerned about you. Uh, I, you, had, I, you had people lined up at the door, Ken. I'm not offering anything intimate, okay? I'm <laughs> offering on-air counseling. There, is that clear oh. enough, Dean? Right, that's better. Now, here's the thing. The intimate stuff comes for charge. When is the last time <laughs> that that you were so angry over sports that you lost sleep? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. Kelly is in Palm Beach Gardens. Hey, Kelly. What's going on, fellas? Hey, good to Hello. hear from you, brother. So I remember this pretty clearly. You, you know I'm a big Gator fan. Yep. And back in 2009 when Tebow and the Gators lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game, I was so irritated. I think I threw something across the house. <laughs> I broke one of my wife at the time, one of her, like, precious Christmas things because oh, no. it's in December. Oh, and I just kept doing shots of bourbon every time <laughs> we would have a stupid play. And, oh, that's and a then lot I of bourbon. Sleep. Yeah. It was a lot, and I had the Palm Beach half marathon the next day. Oh, it was Kelly. miserable. So you just you just self punished yourself because the Gators <laughs> finally had the gap closed completely between them and Alabama. That you punished yourself over that. It wasn't enough that Tim Tebow is openly crying on the sideline. You decided to take it out on your own body. Yeah, it was. It wasn't good. I actually had a 
PR though in that half marathon, but it was a miserable weekend. And <laughs> from that, from then on, I decided I just can't let the Gators get me that worked up. And I'm glad because they've not done much since. No, it, nothing's been the same since then. The Gators have never been the same, and Alabama's been dominant since then. That started the Alabama dynasty. And Kelly, appreciate the call, uh, Dean. That was the game, that SEC championship game, and you've seen the clips. That's the Tim Tebow. Weeping on the sideline. That's where that comes from, was that SEC oh, really? championship game. Yep, because uh, Florida had beaten Alabama the year before, won the national championship. The next year, Tebow came back for his final year. Uh, it was a big deal. They 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 uh, went into the SEC title game as big favorites, and they got beaten, and they got pounded. And uh, Tebow openly weeping on the sideline. That's where that came from. Poor guy. And poor, what, what was the name who just called? Kelly. Kelly, yeah, poor Kelly. You know what, what I'm saying? Like, I, how could I don't understand? I really don't understand the psychology behind that of allowing these games. Well, and, and this is why to affect you. This is why I'm glad that you're you're co-hosting with me today because you are one of the more you're one of the weirdest people I know, but you're also one of the most rational people that I know as well. But this comes from you being a pro athlete. Uh, you never well, get yeah, too well, high, I mean, and you like that. That helps, I'm sure, is you've been in it. And you understand the mentality that goes into staying even keel, or you're going to blow yourself up. Yeah, you got to have a short memory, like a very short memory. So it's like when something bad happens, you got to forget about it fast and move on. Or like when your girl accuses you of something, you got to forget about it. It's the same thing. <laughs> I, I tell you what, man, that's actually important. Like that's good life advice. If your girl is accusing you of something or makes you angry, you know what, lingering onto it. That's not healthy, right? Like that's not that's healthy right at all. You gotta have a short memory. I don't remember. I don't. <laughs> oh, that's where you. I don't know what that. happened. I wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Who? I have no idea. What, what phone number? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that phone number. I don't remember that text message. Yeah, and that's uh, how I feel about sports. <laughs> like, you can ask me about a game that happened. I'm like. Who played for the Knicks? You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, that's Chicago so Bulls, what? I am so happy, though, that we found in the – today, we found out why you can't reference anything about sports other than MMA uh, post-1990. And it's because of the A's and the Dodgers and Oral yep. Hershiser. I – uh, we, I think we've made a very important uh, psychological breakthrough with Dean Thomas. What I mean, the worst loss of your your pro MMA career, it probably was just pure scale BJ Penn, right? Yeah, it was for sure, hundred percent. How long did it take you to to get over that? See, that took me longer because I had to re- they replayed it on because you had screen. to wake up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, because they because every time a UFC ad came on, yeah. like they used that knockout yeah. to promote the UFC. So I had to rewatch that over and over and over again. That's but I mean tough. it took me it took me a couple of months because of having to watch it. And then it took me even then after I kind of got uh you know, kind of immune to it, then it took me a little while to really get over it. But now it's like, you know what? I'm totally I'm, in fact I, I appreciate it now. I'm like you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I open up conversations with people. I'm like, hello, I'm Dean Thomas. I got knocked out by BJ Penn. See, now you embrace it. It's part of your legacy at this For point. For sure. Yeah. Um, uh, who else are we going to? Ken is in Royal Palm Beach. Ken's on Ken Levick Alive. Hi, other Ken. How you doing, Ken? Good, buddy. <laughs> Listen, uh, as you brought up this topic, I immediately thought of when the Ohio State Buckeyes beat the University Ooh. of Miami in the Ooh. national title game. Yeah. I felt like the referees gave OSU that game. And they did. And that was really the end of um, UM's dynasty. Uh-huh. Like we like we mentioned with Kelly in Florida, where the, the college football has never been the same since that, and Florida's never been the same. Uh, same thing with Miami. They have not been a national championship contender since that game happened. Like a true national championship contender since that game happened. That is a great one. And I think you you're not the only one. Who, uh, who went through that, uh, I'm so angry I can't sleep with uh, the Fiesta Bowl. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us, at KLV1063. I lost sleep last night with the U.S. drawing with Mexico. Dina wasn't even a loss. It was I know, a draw. I know, and that's what's crazy. So, but, Ken, let me ask you, is it worse for you if it's, like, a really bad loss or, like, 
a nail-biting no, loss. Here's, I was thinking about this last night. Right after PFOC did that absolutely embarrassing, he should never play for the U.S. again, meltdown in front of the Mexico goal, um, I was thinking to myself, I wish that this was like 3 nothing Mexico because I'd go to sleep right now, right? But yeah. then because it finished in a draw – and because the U.S. should have won 2 nothing or 3 nothing, you sit and you stew on what could have been as opposed to, well, we got our asses kicked, I'm going to bed. It's much easier for me to, and like a close loss would have sucked as well, especially something late. But say Mexico scored in like the 20th minute and they won one nothing, right. I would have handled that better than stewing on the fact that the U.S. should have won that match. And if they don't go to the World Cup, and they still, the odds are in their favor, but if they somehow miss it, you look back at that, and that's where you say, that's where they lost it right there. That's where everything fell apart right there. I would have preferred that them getting blasted, because at least I can go to bed by 11.15, right? I, yeah, for the, sure. The match didn't end until midnight, and I've got to sit and decompress from that, and I lost sleep over it last night. Well, the good news is, is that you we're not hurting their feelings because they probably don't care how you think They don't. Anyway, that's so. the thing, too. They don't give a flying damn how I feel at all. Now, PFOC is, is probably, and Pulisic for that matter, better off um, just not logging on to the old bird app today, right? Like that, that's yeah, not a good sure. idea. Yeah, and, that's not a good and idea. And I think they, they, they understand that and they're they're pros they they play in big international leagues they understand the entire thing but me me the fan viewing this i mean the frustration is high let's uh let's go to ron in stewart ron is on ken levick alive what's up ron hey how's it going guys good buddy hey um, the last time i got upset like that was when the university they lost the FIU. Oh boy. Um yeah. Yeah, that 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 was not good. Right now, here's you you know I'm the play-by-play voice of Florida Atlantic. So for me, uh just just to give you a little insight into into how I looked at that, FAU that season, that was 2019. Dean, they were rolling through Conference USA. They were untouchable. Lane Kiffin was leading the Owls to what would be another Conference USA championship. FAU had taken sole control of their division, and that night where FAU had that big game, that big win at UTSA, and let's not forget, FAU beat FIU the weekend before by 35 points, just blasted them. And then Uh FIU beat Miami and got more press for that than FAU ever did with Lane Kiffin as head coach. And it drove me crazy. Because FIU beat Miami. Ron, that, that one, that was the beginning of the end for Manny Diaz, right, Ron? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I hate to lose his job, but I'm, I'm happy where we are now. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I think things are a little bit better with Mario Cristobal. I, uh, I, I didn't even need that qualifier to know that Ron is, is happier with Mario Cristobal. Uh, where else are we going here, Cyrus? Who else we got? Uh, Gary is in West Palm. Gary, you're on Ken Levick Alive. Hi, Gary. Yes, how y'all doing? Good. <laughs> I was a unlucky fan of one of the worst losses in the history of the NCAA. Tell me about it. The, Christ- the Christian Leitner shot against Kentucky. Oh, no. Oh, no. I couldn't, oh, no. I couldn't go to sleep the whole night. <laughs> oh, God. And, and that is back when truly all eyes were on the NCAA tournament. So that is the Elite yeah. Eight in Minneapolis. Dean, uh, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and just bear with me here, Gary, because uh, I just want to make yeah. sure Dean knows the, the, the page we're on here. So, Dean, do you mm-hmm. remember the Christian Leitner shot? A little bit. This was after 1990. I remember Christian so. Leitner, yeah, I, re- mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, I remember. so the, it was it was Grant Hill, full court pass, caught at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Christian Leitner catches at the free throw line, turns, fires, scores, beats Kentucky. Rick Pitino, the head coach at the time. Vern Lundquist with the mm-hmm. legendary call. Yeah, that one, mm-hmm. that one, Gary, I don't know. How long did it take you to get Because that's one of the all-time that hit me in the groin yeah. and I can't get up sports moments. I'm still Gary, we're losing losing you. I'm going to assume it took a couple of days. Uh, hey, so is, is that the reason why everybody hates Christian Leitner? Because I just got off the phone with the guy who produced that documentary. Roy Kampf produced the documentary. Yeah, the name uh, of listen, it is hate Everybody Christian Hates Christian Leitner. 
Right, or I yeah. hate Christian Leitner. I, yeah. I think is the name of it. Well, Christian Leitner, well, Kentucky fans hate him for that reason, but Christian Leitner also was, he was Tim Tebow minus the God stuff before Tim Tebow, where everything was about him at all times. He had the looks. Yeah. He couldn't walk through Duke's campus without getting mobbed. He was the center of the media attention. And he also was just arrogant. Um, now, Tim Tebow, not necessarily arrogant, but Christian Leitner was the media darling. And you know how that goes. Once you get overexposed yeah. to somebody, especially someone who's pretty like that, then that is why he became the most hated player in in, in college sports and Cyrus just texted me, and he's right. He was dirty, too. He was a dirty player as well. Like, we're talking uh, shots to the chest. We're talking elbows. Like, he definitely was a dirty player. Was he the original uh, annoying white guy Duke player? Yes. Yes. Okay, he, yeah. He, no, but you're right. Nobody preceded him. He is the original he invented, annoying he invented, prototype yeah. Duke white player. Yes, without yeah. question. Uh, because he played with Bobby Hurley. Bobby Hurley, he wasn't annoying. He was just a, a robotic white dude. But that's, that's my favorite point guard of all time, boy, yeah. Bobby Hurley. Like if you if you hated JJ Redick, if you hated Cherokee Parks, if you hated Grayson Allen, all of that comes from Christian Leitner. All of that yeah. comes from Christian Leitner. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's head to Sergio in Palm Beach Garden. Sergio, you're on ESPN 106.3. Hey, Serge. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on, brother? What up? Nothing much, man. Still trying to stomach that pie uh, last oh, night. God. Stayed up. Yeah. Uh, I'm a Saints fan, so you're not, you're, you probably know what I'm going to say. Uh, uh, I think it happened in an hour. Uh, I think it, it was, so so let, me, let me take a guess here first, Sergio, okay? So you're a Saints fan. <laughs> Go ahead. So it is, it is, um, is it going to be the Rams' loss in the NFC Championship game? Uh, God, that hurt. Yeah, yeah it's one of them. Okay, that's one of them. What's What's the other one? Because I thought that would be the most the, recent. The miracle, the miracle in Minnesota. Oh, that, oh that, that one. Oh man, that one hurt. Defiant. They both hurt, man, and they're recent. Yeah, yeah, and they're recent too. Both of them, boy. But that, but losing it, losing to Jared Goff really sucks. That <laughs> no one, no one should lose to Jared Goff. Losing. Our team should. Oh man, that's funny. God, man, that guy sucks. That, that guy is just sucks at life. Sergio, Sergio, with the quote <laughs> of the day here on the show: "Losing to Jared Goff sucks." Yes, well said. Well said. That's a tough uh, one because the Saints, funny. like that, was like two out of three years deep, deep in your groin, stabbing you in your nether region sports moments. That's the one that sucks. But I'm annoyed. I'm angry. I lost sleep because I was angry last night. The U.S. draw with Mexico in a match the U.S. should have won, and I should be uh, uh, planning my, my World Cup festivities uh, from Qatar here in the next couple of months. Dean, regardless of what happens, you still have an open invite to my house at any point to, uh, to watch the World Cup uh, once it rolls around next year, okay? Yeah, man, good. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, so hopefully the U.S. is in it, but the U.S. didn't do themselves many favors last night when they should have won that one. When's the last time you were so angry you lost sleep over sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We'll continue to take your calls. We'll get to your social media when we come back as well, but I want to tell you about the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. 22 years of doing it. Grooming the sports executives of tomorrow. This is where you have your path into the sports industry. This is where you find your footing. This is where you find where you want to be placed in the sports industry. It's how you realize your dream job. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. The world traveler Dean Thomas will hear some tales about London and surrounding areas. Uh, he has just come back to the States. He's in Columbus for UFC this weekend. But Dean Thomas joining us here today, hanging out with us here today. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. When it From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We are presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash mbasport. 
We have a lot of social media, but this is something I don't understand. Heat Squad tweets, seen Jimmy Spo and Haslam fight plus the loss to the Warriors without Curry, Draymond, and Clay the other night caused me to lose sleep because I was so angry. Like, here's the thing, Dean. That was a major discussion here on ESPN 106.3 and throughout South Florida and across the country with the heat altercation on the bench. But none of that made me angry. I was more wondering what happened, but I didn't lose any sleep over that. That's the thing. There's a difference between being so angry you lose sleep about sports occasionally. Then there's every time your team loses, especially if you're an NBA fan or Major League Baseball fan or a hockey fan. That gets into unhealthy territory, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's what I'm saying. Like, for me, like, I try to conduct my life so that I always have something going on that I could just focus on myself and focus on what I'm doing. And then the sports is just like background noise to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I watch it. I mean, I don't even watch it. It's on, like, yeah, it's, it's on at the bar. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Now, I get, though, NFL fans, football fans, because you're playing only once a week. I get that where every every game means so much in the grand scheme of things that you're sort of, oh, man, this has major implications if you lose, and especially if you lose in, in, in horrific fashion, like Joe Lopez tweets, October 23rd, 2000, Dolphins-Jets Monday night meltdown for the Dolphins. And uh, Joe says, Friday of that week, I was still seething. The Dolphins with a face, I, I mean, that was an absolute, absolute. face plant. Total face plant in that spot. So uh, I get that. I understand that. But, again, if you're going to get mad nightly, and, and this happened a couple of weeks ago when the Heat lost to the Bucks in Milwaukee. They had that game wrapped up, and the Bucks came back and won, and Heat fans are throwing up the white flag saying, oh, season's over. What are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing there? You have got to have a proper frame of mind in, in, in that spot. Now, when it comes to your fighters, the, the fighters you coach, uh, are they hard on themselves? Do you have to talk them off the ledge? Are you able to uh, teach them to go that route? Is it just natural for the sport that, hey, you're, you're able to put things behind you? How do you make sure that, that, that they're able to just get over it? See, it's a fine line, though, because here's the thing. Like, if you lose in fighting, like, if especially if you've never lost before and then the first time you lose, that's kind of hard to take sometimes. But it's also a lot of weight off your shoulders because now you're no longer undefeated, so the expectation is gone. But initially losing and then you start to understand your own mortality, that is very difficult to take at times. Yeah. But here's the problem is that when you get comfortable losing, so, like, you are, that's the fine line is, okay, you have to understand that you can lose, but you also don't want to be comfortable losing to where it's just no big deal. So there does have to be a certain amount of emotion that you will attach to you when you lose that you don't want to feel it. You don't want to taste that. So I can kind of get that. But for me, as a coach, when I was coaching guys and they lose, I'm like, you get, and this is what I always tell Jillian Robertson, you get one day. To sulk, uh-huh. to cry, to do whatever you want. You and get then one day. Flush it. That yeah, and flush it. And then after that, you gotta get back out there and go again. That's it. You get one day. Uh Ryan Yusefi tweets something, something big three Miami Heat era. Yeah, there were for Heat fans, there were a lot, I'm sure, of angry, sleepless nights because everything with the big three, Dean, was mm-hmm. was so urgent. Everything was so scrutinized. Everything was life or death. Everything was season-making or season-ending, and especially in the playoffs where the Heat were the most the, the most, the most. Uh, under-the-microscope team since the Jordan-era Bulls. Yeah, I get that. And a lot of that was so much national attention and so many from the outside rooting against the Heat that – being a fan of the Heat during the Big Three era took on an entire life of its own. It was almost like you're defending your your sports livelihood backing the Heat, and it meant an awful lot to a lot of people. It was a weird mental dynamic uh, following the Big Three Heat because there were a lot of things that went into it, a lot of layers to that. See, and I'm glad, and I'm glad that what happened to me happened to me at an early age. You know what I'm saying? Watching Earl Hershiser and his big old teeth throwing them <laughs> strikes down the middle. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that happened to me at an early age. That now, as an adult, 
I don't have to rely on these other dudes to get paid millions of dollars to screw up and upset me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't rely on that. I don't rely on my happiness to come from them. Now, uh, again, all this coming off of the U.S. tying with Mexico last night, a draw in the <laughs> World Cup tied. qualifiers. And they tied. they tied. I know, I know, but I don't want to put a sunshiny face on it because the U.S. is better than that now. They're better than Mexico now. They could have easily quelled any fears of not going to the World Cup for a second straight time. That's part of it too, Dean, is I have such sports PTSD from the U.S. losing at Trinidad and Tobago uh, and, and not going and to the And probably from calling the them Cup. FAU games too. <laughs> well, uh, yes, before Lane Kiffin, FAU football gave me a lot of sports PTSD where they found every conceivable way to lose football games over a, uh, a decade span. Um, but, but man, I, I, last night sucked because it should have been easy. It should have been after the 73rd minute, Jordan Peefock should have made it 2 nothing, and I should have been able to ease my way into bed, maybe have a little bit of wine, go to sleep, and with a smile on my face. And it, it, did, not, it did not happen like that at all. Um, but, but I'm telling you, you can't listen. I'm telling you, accept it for what it is. You have to accept it for what it is and understand that it's going to make them better because now they realize that those mistakes can happen. I hope because so. prior to that moment, they were probably just thinking, oh, yeah, it's an easy chip the same way we expect them to just easy chip it in. But now they realize if they are not 100 percent focused, those mistakes can happen. So now the next time they're presented with that opportunity they're going to be able to calm down and make that shot. Mr. Bill tweets, Trinidad and Tobago beating the U.S. to miss out on the last World Cup. I lost oh, no, sleep. That, that was embarrassing. Yeah, that was embarrassing. I, I definitely lost sleep over that one, too. Uh, definitely. did. That was legit fury. This is more annoyance that caused me to lose sleep last night. And we have a lot of Heat fans weighing in with 2011 NBA Finals Game 6, the loss to the Mavs. Uh, a lot of Heat fans have weighed in at KLV 106.3. We'll continue to take your, your tweets and your calls. When's the last time that you were so angry over sports you lost sleep? 888-760-3776. And, hey, are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines the resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. We will have our Baptist Health Orthopedic Care uh, injury report later on in the show. We'll take a glance at Tyler Hero. By the way, get right game tonight. Heat Knicks. Forget everything that happened the other night on the sideline, the loss to the Warriors. Forget about the, uh, the, the, the loss to the Sixers. This is a get right game tonight with the Knicks coming in. The Heat haven't lost to the Knicks at home since 2016. Heat fans, you should feel good about this. I think everything's about to turn a corner. Dean Thomas, he's in Columbus. He is part of ESPN's broadcast coverage of the UFC this weekend. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm in Indiana, John Levine, Action and Attorney Studios, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. On your mark. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Where did Mark Summers come from? We're presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Friday, Ken LaVica Alive, Dean Thomas. Glad to have him along. But, Dean, you're not on the home team today. You're normal home, right? Because uh, Josh and Theo are going to be at the uh, the boat show, right? Got the day off. Not really because I'm on with you, but this is always kind of a day off just being on with you. Cause you <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good oh, relaxing day. Funny. I don't have to do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's hey. good, man. Listen, life is good hey, regardless of sports. Life is good. That's a good message, and I appreciate that after uh, after the uh, the anger I had last night that uh, didn't get me uh, to bed until like one forty five. 
five after that match, uh, that U.S.-Mexico match uh, ended at around midnight. Here's the thing also, too, Dean. And again, Dean Thomas, uh, he is on ESPN's broadcast coverage of the UFC this weekend from Columbus, the UFC veteran, the MMA legend. And again, usually on Josh Cohen and the home team, but uh, it'll be Josh and Theo out at, uh, at the boat show. Uh, later today. So, uh, Dean, Dean, hang in with me because why the hell not? Um, tonight, Miami and Iowa State play in the Sweet 16 in Chicago. So, you had U.S. soccer starting at 10 o'clock last night, and it's a 10 o'clock start for Miami and Iowa State tonight. I mean, oh, I am no. <sighs> torn. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm going to watch it, but I just, enough of this stuff, man. I hate. Anything that starts after like 7.30, I just can't do it anymore. And especially back-to-back nights, I almost feel like it's bad for my health. I to am start something after 7.30? Yeah. Wow, what time do you have to go to bed? I don't know. I like to – Here's I, I like to have most of the stresses in my life behind me by 7.30 so that I can start easing into sleepy time. And if I'm asleep by 9.15, 9.30 – that's a good thing for me. But think about it. If I like to be asleep by 9.15, 9.30, and the game doesn't start till 10, it throws off my entire routine. And I am so into routines now because I like to get up at the same time every morning, get a workout in, start show prep, make sure the girls are off to school, uh, get my breakfast, and then head to the office. But anything that throws off my routine like really throws me off to a point where you it takes could me a not live the life I live you could no, absolutely not you're do it. all over the place you're I jet have setting. zero routine no how do you live like that I don't know man like I'm just ready to go wherever whenever I'm just ready to say yes to whatever whenever I have no routine like I'm on different like I didn't even know what time zone did Columbus was in. I was like, yeah, what time zone? <laughs> Wait, what time zone is it? Eastern time zone <laughs> it's still? East, it's East Coast. It's the same. So okay. I was like, oh, cool. I was like, cool. I could do the show then. Yeah. Uh, but but so to speak to that, you just got back from London. And for, for those that aren't aware, MMA fans certainly know about this, but for those that aren't aware because they – they haven't quite made it yet, but but especially uh, Patty the Batty, he is on the come up. And he's had comparisons to Conor McGregor because he is boisterous and he talks a whole lot of bleep, and he's fun, and he's got the accent, the thick accent. It's a Liverpool accent, which is vastly different than any other accent in the world. Uh, good luck understanding it on a regular basis. But uh, he had a big win in the UFC in London last weekend. Um, his, his teammate, Molly Meatball, had a sick win with a, 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 a spinning elbow knockout. Um, and then you're just hanging out on the streets of Liverpool with them last week like how do you live like this man i don't know man i so after london i knew i was coming to ohio the week after the work so i said you know what i don't know if i want to go all the way home then have to travel again so let me just i'll just stay in london and go straight to ohio so while i but while i was in england i said i can't stay in london this whole time you know there's a lot of a lot to see so i started kind of jet setting and I found myself in Liverpool hanging out with Molly McCann and Patty the Batty. And I went over to their gym. You know, me and Molly, well, first off, me and Molly, we went to eat pancakes at some place, at some breakfast place. And then I went over to their gym. And, like, really hanging out with them was, like, hanging out with, like, local kids in, like, probably, like, South Philly. And yeah. that, that was something that, yeah. And it was just, I mean, that's really what it was like. And it was such a great family environment. And to watch them come up, because I've, you know, known Molly for a couple of years and I've watched Patty come like up. They've grinded the local it, man, surgeon. Right? Like they've grinded the thing out. Oh yeah, for sure. Like they're not, you know, they they're your typical grinding, you know, like, starving artists. Yeah. Grinding MMA fighters. Liverpool coming from not an awful lot and making the best of the, themselves. Like that's, that's their story. A hundred percent. And to watch them have the night that they had. And I got to tell you, Ken, I was at the arena in London when all that went, went down. And that might have been the best MMA show that I've ever been to. Really? In terms of the way the fights played out, in terms of the crowd reaction, and just the way everything happened. That might have been the best live event I've ever been to in a fight in in 25 years. That's, and wow, it was absolutely bananas. And it was all really because of, like, Patty the Batty. That's awesome. That is it's absolutely crazy, man. awesome, man. Like, 
And, and again, if you're not an MMA fan, fine. But look up Patty the Batty. And he's, he is, I mean, he's got a little bad boy to him. And he's in a fight now with Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook because he says he's being unfairly censored and he, he trashes Mark Zuckerberg on a regular basis. Uh, I saw him doing a uh, uh, How Well Do You Know Your Teammate with uh, Molly Meatball on YouTube. And he's wearing a shirt that says Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard. Like, he's just, he's fascinating. He is, I don't think that he's the uh, the sort of turned bad guy that Conor McGregor is. And that's his most direct comparison, I think, for some people that get a little bit lazy with that. But you've said that, like, he's, he's personality-wise and draw-wise, he's got the potential of Conor, right? Yeah, yeah, he's got the it factor. So whatever that it factor is, he's got it. And it's a matter of being able to be authentic to who you are and not be afraid to share that with the public. So there's a lot of differences between him and Conor McGregor. His his fan base, self-proclaimed fan base, is four or five. Uh, I, I I think uh, I, I think uh, Dean dropped from Columbus. We'll get him back on. But but I, I found myself. Completely locked in. And here's the thing, though. When Dean is off at a UFC event, like that that causes me to lock in a little bit more because I'm interested and I want to see him on the pay-per-view broadcast and make sure that uh, that uh, he's continuing to do his awesome job. But just to Ken, did up, I lose you? Yeah, there we go. Now you're back. Oh, here we go. So what were you saying? Um, yeah, that his fan base, Patty the Batty's fan base is four, five, and six-year-olds. Like, that's who, is, who he like they love targets yeah. his marketing to. Yeah. And he looks like it. Like, he's if like you look a at mascot. Him, he looks like, you're right. He's like a yeah, mascot. He, he, he looks exactly like a basket. Like, he should be on, like, the Nickelodeon channel. <laughs> but but he can fight. You know what I'm saying? He can oh, yeah. fight. I don't know if his ceiling in terms of fighting is as high as what Connor has made it. But um, but in terms of selling himself and marketability, this kid has got the it factor. And if you haven't heard of him, you will. I promise you that you will hear from this kid because he is not shy about really selling himself and putting himself out there. Uh, Dean is in Columbus, UFC this weekend. He's on ESPN's coverage uh, per usual. Uh, when we return, I need to get Dean's take on uh, Masvidal and Covington and what happened on South Beach with Masvidal ended up going to jail for 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 taking taking Colby's teeth out of his mouth and sucker punching him. Uh, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. Very rarely in MMA do things go to the streets. This went to the streets, and it just so happens it went to the streets with stars. And so I have not really heard Dean's side of this entire thing. And, Dean, you'll be proud. We took a lot of calls on this. We took a lot of calls on this the other day about who was more, who looked worse, Kobe or Masvidal, on this show. Not on, on home team, but this show. So I think now having the authority, a guy who knows both of those dudes, I think that getting your take is pretty important. So we'll hear Dean's side of things when we come back. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.